0: Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is La Vielva, and I am an extreme extrovert. So, one of my good friends, his name is Ryan, called me last night, and um, it's nice to talk to my friends sometimes because we both are addicts. We both identify as addicts. and. Not by choice, obviously, but <laughs> you know, life made it that way, I guess. Um, you get the pick of the draw. Lucky ones, I guess. Anyway, um, so it's nice because I get to, I can kind of talk to him about stuff sometimes. And he was telling me about a TED talk that he had run into. It was called How to, how to Overcome Alcoholism. And for me, I don't think you ever truly overcome an addiction. I think once it's an addiction, it's always kind of an addiction. But I do agree that practice makes perfect. It's kind of like everything. When you wake up and you go to school and you practice writing. you get up and go to school, you go to work, you're practicing working with others, things like that. And when you wake up and you're like, you know, today is the day that I have to choose to be sober, not because I necessarily want to, but because that is what my body needs if I want a prolonged life. And it's very interesting. I don't, really believe that you can overcome an addiction but i also believe that it can become more normal for you to live soberly for example like i have known one person she was one of my ex-roommates we'll call her q for confidentiality um i was roommates with a girl named q and she she um never drank never drank never smoked nothing, you know, some people are just like that, you know, sometimes, and for me as an addict, as an alcoholic, I spent a lot of my childhood, um, you know, sneaking around, having drinks, trying marijuana, all these things, I did a lot of these things in my childhood, so for, for me to imagine that, you know, someone just sat down at home and did the right thing and played video games, you know, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what she did, but she didn't drink, so (laughs) that's good. Maybe she did a lot of sports. Who knows? Who knows what she did, but that's not the point. The point is, I feel like if you're going to drink, you're going to drink. If you're going to smoke, you're going to smoke. I know that statistically, if your family smokes and your family drinks or whatever, alcohol or even like hardcore drugs, you know, if you see your parents doing um, heroin, doing meth, you're more prone to do that. Not necessarily because you are that kind of person, but because that is familiar to you. And that's just my opinion. But I was like, you know what? I, I like controversial topics, so I'm definitely going to be, um, looking into this TED Talk. And so it was How I Overcame Alcoholism. And the TED Talk is by Claudia Christian. Um, And you can just subscribe to the TED Talks or just listen to it. Just look it up, um, How I Overcame Alcoholism, Claudia Christian, TED Talk. And I didn't actually write, a. haven't actually seen this yet. I haven't actually listened to this TED Talk yet. So my next podcast, I will probably elaborate more on this topic. However, um, this is what my friend decided to share with me in regards to their opinion. So Ryan told, tells me, he says that according to this Ted talk, there is a pill. Um, there is a pill that kind of helps to, um, get rid of the dopamine receptors that correlate with taking a particular drug. So, um, and like I said, I'm just, um, based on what he told me through the phone, and um, I'll definitely get the name of this drug because I'm interested. I'm like, wow, this is really piques my interest. Would I? And this is this is the question. This is the question that I want to ask you guys. This is the question that I want you to think. If you were an addict, if you are an addict, and if you are not, try to you know put put your put yourself in my. I'm size six and. Uh, American. I think that's um, 5.5 in uh, Europe. Anyway, I got small feet. So put yourself in my small shoes, okay? Imagine you're an addict if you're not an addict. And imagine, after all listening to all my podcasts, all of my feelings, all of my hopes, all my dreams, all my scares, All the things that I complain about to you guys. And I appreciate you listening. Because you absolutely are so helpful. And. Anyway. So after all that. And you wake up and you're like an addict. And you're like okay. Shit. I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) Well. If someone came up to you and was like. You know what. We can give you this pill. This pill. All it's going to do. Is. And this is the directions that it supposedly says on this medication, supposedly you take this pill and after about thirty minutes, you have a drink you have uh this doesn't work for like um meth or heroin i'm pre i'm not sure actually actually I'm not sure um but supposedly in theory, there's this drug that's supposed to help to Get rid of the dopamine receptors that correlate with a substance, so like it, it stops the dopamine receptors or like you're feeling good um, feelings that blocks them, and then when you have a drink, it's like you're just having a drink, like a regular, tempered drinker. And I thought this was fascinating. I was like, "Wow. Imagine going back. But then again, I don't know if I'd want to go back. Like, I I was talking to my friend about this. And, um, you know, my friend has their own um, addictions. And I could argue that maybe certain addictions are harder to quit. Um, I don't want to say one addiction is harder to quit over another because then I'm kind of, you know, Lowering the bar for some addicts and raising the bar for others And I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that your addiction is any less serious than anyone else's so I'm not gonna say that but maybe more when it comes to more physical or societal norms like heroin meth yeah quitting those addictions are probably not as easy as quitting you know, tobacco, uh, quitting alcohol. And so, with that being said, um, I think it would be miraculous for if we had a pill like this, if we have a pill like this. I'm still going to do some research on it because I, I think it's always good. Knowledge is power. And researching these things is a good thing, in my opinion. Anyway. But see, this is, that's the argument, I feel like. Would you then take the pill after you graduated, like for me, like after you graduate a rehabilitation center and pretty much practice your whole life to be sober, then again, just to take this pill and to be able to drink moderately, I don't know if that if that would sit well with me. Obviously, it would be very beautiful. Like, I would love for that to happen. Like, I would love to be able to have my, you know, my substance still. But then again, would you want to? Because in regards to, um, mastering anything, like I had mentioned earlier. It is all about practice. And as my identity, as a person that has an addiction, it is very important for me in my everyday life to practice sobriety. It's important to wake up every morning and be like, okay, this, these are the things that I'm going to do. I'm going to prioritize getting to work on time. Gonna prioritize maybe working out if I want to, maybe doing a hobby. Figure out what hobbies suit like. And it's very interesting because I feel like I did a lot of work, and for me to just sit down and be like, okay, here's a here's a lovely bill, and for me to fix all that, for me mentally is almost like what the heck? Like, is this as simple as the solution could have been? And that's the thing, is it got me kind of thinking about other, like, pharmaceutical situations. I know that sometimes um, with programs like AA, a lot of people encourage, like, for example, after you go through rehab, a lot of people encourage you to get into a program, and to get into a societal um, situation where you have support. And this is where it gets interesting, because after all of that rehabilitation, and I'm just saying off of my, based on my experience, and I had, like, rehabilitation for close to a year, so, like, based on, uh, on my experience, I feel like after all that intensive help that you get, like, counselors and mentors, and then after you graduate, it's like, kind of scary because you have to do all of that all by yourself. And uh, for some people, uh, rehab is a reoccurring thing. They have to go back and back and back and go back. You know, redoing the steps, re-reminding them what life is. And the thing is, why? So, I'm not saying I'm against the pill, but I'm not saying I'm for it either. Like, if it would help more people, especially those who continue to use and are having bad physical symptoms, I feel like the pill would be great because you wouldn't overdrink but then you would also satisfy your, like, physical craving. But I'm also not a doctor either, so (laughs) I could be totally wrong. But I feel like that would be the easy route for a lot of people. And so then why is the government then putting forth these programs that um, supposedly, according to this TED Talk, are not as successful? This is why I want to listen to more um, TED Talks about this and research more about this, because I want to know if this is actually something that is being able to be accessible to other people, not just like celebrities or people that have a lot of money. I wonder if this is actually a realistic solution. And then of course, we get to the topics of like tobacco, right? I feel like people can take nicotine gum. That has already become a thing. That's already become a, you know, a solution for some people. But then again, the tobacco companies, they make so much money off of people consuming their products. You know, there's always going to be tobacco. Always. Just because it's so ingrained in society. Whether some people use it for religious or spiritual situations, or they're using it to cope with stress, or maybe an addiction. And that's the beauty of life, really, because you never know which one it really is. It, one person could be using it for one purpose, another person could use it for another purpose. And for me, I used my substance of choice f- for a reason. I used it for many years of coping. Coping with mishaps that happened in my past. Abuse. And, but that's not everyone, see? And that's why science is so important. I believe that science is important because we see statistically what helps people. And addicts are all around us. That's the thing, is addiction ha- is not racist. Addiction does not care if you have money. Addiction is a human disease. And if there is an easier way than to just have people invested in long, long long-term programs, then why not solve it this way? But then again, the fast routes are not always the good routes. So if we gave people the pill to not physically be addicted to their substance, this would be good initially, right? Because people would theoretically, are like, supposed to quit their substance, right? Well then, maybe, maybe programs that take, you know, that are a little bit slow and, you know, take a little bit more time to complete, those programs, I believe, benefit you in your thinking. Because, sure, you could give an alcoholic a pill, and they can be like, Oh, yay, I don't crave alcohol anymore. Now I just drink like a regular person. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to chase that feeling somewhere else. They might go search for another drug. They might just quit taking that medication. You know, it's not all about just curing the craving. It's about a societal thing. It's also an emotional thing, too. Drinking eases a lot of pain for a lot of people. It eases a lot of stress. It eases a lot of anxiety. Um, Social anxiety. And so it's like programs that kind of cater to addicts need to also cater to those things that are being challenged. Because as an addict, you don't know how to cope, you know, you're learning and that's something you have to master regardless of the physical desire to do your substance of choice and i don't know i guess i'm going to turn it over to you guys what do you think if you could have and say you're not an addict you don't have to necessarily think about this in regards to addiction specifically but if there was a pill maybe maybe you're disabled maybe you have um, a deformation Maybe you don't like your hair color. Maybe you don't like something. Maybe something is really hard for you. Maybe you're overweight. If there was a pill that you could fix something, would you take it and why? Would you take this to fix this element of yourself? And it doesn't have to be, you know, a really serious question to think about. You could think about this in regards to anything. One thing that I wish that I could have sometimes is a car. Um, Because I've been so busy and I've been so preoccupied in the city, luckily I've never needed a car because I've always gotten rides, um, been able to use the public transit, or like something like that. It's never needed a requirement for me until recently, now that I'm looking to move um, from my city. And a part of me is like, man, I wish I could just have a car today, you know? And I think it's sometimes our culture to want something so fast. Like, even at the beginning of my journey as an addict, I was like, I want this to be done fast. I want this to be done now. I remember the pain that I felt, the agony of always being like, I want this to be perfected. I want this to be mastered. And it's so interesting to me because it's not something that you master but it's something that becomes comfortable and i don't know what's the, is better a pill to help people function and to eliminate the craving or it is just the years of practice that you have to practice and i almost could argue that there is a necessity for both there's a necessity but for both But it's definitely... One thing I really do enjoy is I love to hear people's opinions about these particular things. And I'm hoping that um, the stigma about addiction will eventually be less um, serious for people. Um, I hope that um, someday that when someone says, like, Hey, I have an addiction. They're like, Hey, it's okay. You know, you're a person. You're struggling through something. Um, like if someone were to be struggling with an illness. Because it is. It's a disease. I believe it's a physical disease. And, um, it's something that you always have to work on. And you have to always work through. And that's why I say this in every podcast. It's always good to surround yourself with people that love you and appreciate you and are willing to listen to you and maybe even sympathize and empathize on what you're going through because it makes you stronger. If you can talk through your problems with people and don't be silent. If you're hurting, don't be silent. Let people know. Let the right people know. The people that you trust. And get those good people around you. Always trust your gut. That's what I've been trying to practice uh, the rest of this summer. is just p- trusting my gut. Um, having a feeling and being like, you know what, I'm just going to go with it. Um, it's hard to do sometimes, you know. Especially when you have a past uh, that is maybe uh, like, how do I explain this? The best way to explain this is I actually saw a TikTok the other day about how, like, the different parenting styles. And honestly, I'm not going to criticize parenting styles. Um, I'll have, I have my own opinions, but I also seriously believe it's very cultural, and depending on what's going on in the world, you might have to discipline your children a little bit differently. That's just how I believe. Um, but I also do believe, um, that children are people, and at an early age, you have to validate their opinions, and I saw a TikTok about this man that was saying that, like, you know, if you have a very, very high authoritative parenting style, and that kind of illustrates that, you know, I'm the parent, you only listen to me, and, you know, your your child is just kind of the second-hand citizen that listens to whatever that person says. Do I believe um, a little bit? in authoritative parenting, my parents were very, very strict. So for me, personally, I'm very used to, like, I I feel very comfort in strict settings. I find a lot of comfort in outlines, in, um, you know, people telling me exactly what they need and what they want done and for me to do it exactly that way. I feel a lot of comfort completing my tasks like that just because as a child I grew up with very strict parents and I knew it was either yes or no. So that's just my preference. And when people talk to me, I prefer them to be very direct with me because that is just what was comfortable for me when I grew up. And I... At the same time, in that particular setting, as a child, and as a child that eventually grew up as an adult, I did have to learn for myself that my opinions were valid, just because uh, when you're being abused, when you're being physically or emotionally tormented um, as a child, it distorts your... um, emotional it, 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 emotional understanding of yourself. It distorts your understanding about your value. This is the good thing and the bad thing about authoritative parenting, in my experience. I'm not saying everybody's experience is horrible, but in my experience, this was the case. Um... You know, when I was older, it was very hard for me to set boundaries. It was very hard for me to say, hey, and stick up for myself. Just because my parents did a lot of that. My parents were like, okay, I'm your parent. I don't care what you have to say. I don't. It's not your time to talk. You don't talk. Just you follow the rules and that's it. And, you know, just collecting the whole thing that I was saying here is the TikTok's main focus was to say that... um, When If you continue to act towards your child into adulthood... That authoritative manner... Your children are not going to want to hang out with you. Um, They're not going to want to hang out with someone that's always criticizing them... And always kind of authoritative and telling them what to do. So as a parent... Um, being in your child's life as an adult is a privilege. It's not a right. It's not something that you are mandatory to do. But it's a, it's a privilege if your child wants you in their in their life as an adult because they have grown and they have moved on and they're doing better and bigger and better things for themselves. But, you know, family's is family, and some people have a good form of family. And that's awesome. But going back, you know, to what we were talking about, The reason why I referenced this was because, as an addict, a lot of my underlining um, reasons to why it was so hard for me to quit drinking was because it was hard for me to see the value of my own self and my own being. Because I was so used to, in my young life, about 17 years of my young life, I was so used to someone saying like, hey, you're not good enough, you're stupid. You're less than. And that really messes with someone's psyche. It, it distorts their idea of themselves. So I had to do a lot of work. I had to do a lot of work to regain my confidence. Especially since my, you know, as a young child, my father always put me down when I was an alcoholic. He made fun of me. Um, when I first had my first, first drink when I was 10 years old in Cancun, Instead of help me, he laughed at me and he told all my friend, all his friends that I was an alcoholic. And that, that really discredited my desire to be an alcoholic. No one wants to be that. But like when someone makes you feel so down and so bad for being something, like getting help... Too, because of alcoholism was very hard for me because I was often in denial. I was always in denial because I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to be that person. So instead, because I can't control the cravings with my friends, I'm going to have to drink by myself. And that's when it got out of control because I didn't... I didn't know how to stand up for myself and what I wanted in my life, but also to, like, master the ability to be like, hey, you know what, this is my life. If I don't want to do this, I have the power to say no. And the thing is, everyone should be able to inhabit that power that they have. Everyone has the power to manifest and to create their own life. And that's why it's good <laughs> to surround yourself with positive people, with people that love you, to people with people that... Um, stand by you, and make you laugh, and make you smile. People that see the optimistic things in situations, people that are genuine. Because when you surround yourself with those people, it's healthy, and they make you feel happy. Hang out with people that make you feel happy. That's what I've learned. This is the best thing that I've learned throughout my whole journey in sobriety, is that in order to maintain a good well-being of yourself and to to continue to, you know, set healthy boundaries and be like, hey, I deserve a second chance, I deserve this chance, I deserve to be sober. It really helps when you have people that are around you, helping you and cheering you on to do these things. And if you don't, I'm going to let you know that I am this person. I am cheering for you. If you want this in your life, you can do it. And I know you can because me, I was an alcoholic for 17 years. I've known people that were alcoholics for longer, addicts. I have a good, good friend of mine that was addicted to heroin. And they are happily clean. It's never a easy journey, but if you want to, you can do it. And don't ever feel that you are alone in this journey because you are not. And with that, um, I will leave those thoughts with you. I really enjoyed um, having this rant with you. (laughs) And I uh, really appreciate you listening to me this morning. And with that, I want to tell you that... um, I hope that you do something that you like today. Play a good song that you enjoy. Um, Make some food for yourself. Make sure you eat your meals, drink your water, Um, make sure you get good rest. Um, If you are going to see a loved one today, give them a hug. Tell them that you love them. Look in the mirror. Say something that you love about yourself. Some days are really hard and some days you look at yourself and you're like, "Mm -mm, not today. But find something, even if it hurts, find something that you enjoy. And say nice things to yourself today. So with that, I'm going to let you guys go, but have the safest, 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 safest of travels.